find your forte. Live your forte. Welcome to another Finding Your Forte podcast. I'm Seeps, and just to give you a bit of insight in terms of what Finding Your Forte is about, Finding Your Forte is me sitting down with cool people from different backgrounds, be it creative, business, and so forth, and just chopping up with them, exploring not only their journey, but their different thoughts on different aspects to their business or creative arts, and you know, just exploring the ideas that, that may come to mind. Um, today, I've got a very special guest, a boy that, sorry, I should say a man that I've got quite a lot of respect for and someone that has got a lot of introspective thought and a lot of great ideas. He comes from a creative background but he comes from a project managed background as well and without further ado let me introduce our, our guest Dante. How are you today brother? How are you doing today bro? I'm good. I'm man. good. How are you? I'm good man. I'm good. Yeah, um, yeah that was a, a great intro. <laughs> it should be better. It should have been better but you know we'll go with what it was there. Yeah. Should we start again? Or? No, 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 it's a good intro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah. So how are you, man? I'm good today, man. We just obviously box park and stuff. Box park just, uh, and that, you know, obviously I got to see the, the, the talent on show. You kinda got to miss the talent. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, you know, we chopped up over a great meal. Yeah. But um it's yeah, true. man. How's your week been in that? Um It's been a good week, man. Um a lot of things up in the air but mm. some stuff got kinda like uh, put into the correct places and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah I w- I'm not even meant to be in a country right now. I'm oh, meant right. to be in New York right now, but obviously stuff didn't happen the way it meant to happen with, in terms of that side aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But I'm here, so which is good because it means I can be here with you today. No, so. I hear that, I hear that. I may yeah. have not given the greatest explanation of who you are and what you do, but maybe you should you know, delve into what you do and how you are and what you are. Um, so I'm a creative project manager. Um, like, it's it's quite my field is quite broad in it so anything from digital project management working on you know bad and ads um campaigns so you know i could be working with i don't know fashion companies or i could be working with westfields or or legal based companies and stuff like that um to then um like obviously finding out what they want to to show the world the communication to the world and i'll just plan it i'll 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 scope the ideas i will resource it i will i will create the ecosystem for it to work in and then obviously manage the time of it the aspects the 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 financial aspects of it as well so depending on whatever their budgets are and how we can work and go about working it bring in the talent and then obviously execute it it, it depends on again because I contract as well and I mm-hmm. also consult as well so I can go into a company and they could have all these um these you know like the the dev team you know the coding team and the marketing team set up and the only thing i'm doing is just following processes okay. for for a particular campaign um maybe six or, or three months campaign um or i could be working with a startup company and i could be basically doing all the business analysis the SWOT analysis um trying to figure out the how the tone yeah. the tone the, the marketing tone in which the company wants to speak in to their potential audience their, their demographics in which whatever their price range you know yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. they want to come in with their products so um, it's fun it's fun in that aspects and that's more kind of like the corporate I'll call that the corporate side of stuff and then on the other side of stuff you know I work with um, like designers and stuff like that and um, 
kind of in the music industry as well. I wouldn't say in the music industry, but um, I'm, I work with talent in the music industry and just to get things popping, you know, anything that to do that's creative, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, understand it, plan it, get the ball rolling and execute it so that's what I do yeah. and that's in short could you imagine that's, that's in short, <laughs> that's that in is, short. That is in short. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot you've, you've we've covered there and I, think, I guess the first thing that kind of want to touch on is like you mentioned that you're a contractor yeah. now for a lot of people they don't really understand the difference between contractor and more of like a full time position I've obviously yeah. we've spoken to length about this before but yeah. how would you describe being a contractor and what do you think the advantages are of being a contractor um, particularly within your field okay so there's there's two types of contractors. Um, there's tempt to perm, so people that come into a company as in a fixed term contract, mm-hmm. um, but they work on a full term full time basis. Okay. Yeah, and they they have the opportunity to maybe go permanent with the company. Okay. Or um, so that's like that's a contracted position yeah, yeah, yeah. with possibility of being full time yeah, 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 with the yeah. company, and then there's like. Um, then you can come into a company as a contractor, which mm-hmm. means you, you're either registered as a limited company yourself, you are your own business owner, and they pay you in gross. So, and they pay you on a day rate or a weekly rate, whatever you, you know, whatever their requirements are. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, in terms of being a contractor as a limited company, that's me, I prefer to do that because, again, like, obviously, what we spoke about earlier, yeah. when it comes to um, effort, time, and money, it's more, it makes more sense for me yeah. to to right. do it that way. And it gives me more flexibility. Um, I get bored easily. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I stick to maybe three months or six months things in a company. Because mm-hmm. um, once I clock the processes... And Have you ever been offered bit, a permanent role? All the time. Yeah. yeah, all the time. But then that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Again, obviously, I don't want to talk about like salaries and stuff yeah, like yeah. that because um, it's all individual. And it, yeah, to, like, yeah. But even then, in terms of your field, I mean, what would you say is kind of withdrawn you or had that reservation to go and permanent or is it more of like a personal preference or is it more of a career decision you've made i mean it's more of a career decision it's a bit tricky um you do get points where like at the moment i'm in between contracts now so i just tell everyone i'm a bum in it I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a brum in it my man doesn't work <laughs> do you see what? i can't i can't be breaking down what yeah. i do in it yeah. i'm a bum so um you do get your obviously you get ups and downs there's points you can either you know, you run a 12 weeks contract and then they might not, either several things can happen, they run out of budget, um, so um, you get fired. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they terminate the contract, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Or they offer you a full-time position mm-hmm. or you just come to the end of your contract and you can roll over, mm-hmm. depending on the company and depending yeah. on what type of projects you're running. Okay. Um, I was, my last contract I did, I was working with Independent. Um, I was working on the legal and general um, campaign and they, um, it was a 12 weeks, it was a 12 week campaign. Uh, it actually was 11 week com- campaign. But, so roughly three months. Yeah, three yeah. months campaign. Um, but while while doing what I was doing there as well, they, they, they kind of liked me. So they gave me extra work. So I was working on things like Westfields, um, um, their kind of campaigns, how to get people into Westfields, their um, mm-hmm. the experiential marketing. So, you know, messing around with kind of like, because uh, everything's going VR right now, virtual reality yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So they wanted to kind of get their hands into that okay. and just scoping it, different ideas. Is there any insight you can give in terms of what those kind of areas or these kind of fields are doing with VR kind of thing? Um, everyone is 
excited about it. Okay. I mean, the the possibilities of it. But people get they get mistaken with virtual reality and augmented reality. So, so to draw the differentiation between the two, for those that may not know the difference. Yeah. Okay, so virtual reality is just 3D work, you know, okay. like, like Pixar, yeah. um, like Toy Story and stuff like that. Augmented reality is um, like a, a good a good campaign that yeah. did it was the Ralph Lauren campaign. Um, it's like, you know, when you get those little glasses you can yeah, put yeah, on, yeah. you know, those you passive even, glasses. You could even say like Snapchat is augmented reality as well in terms of the filters. In the filters, yeah. yeah. In the filters, that's augmented. Um, but in terms of kind of like in, in the real world aspect, because yeah. obviously Snapchat is still digital based, isn't of it? Course, of course, yeah, yeah. So in terms of like real world or augmented reality, would be like if you put your phone, yeah, the camera on your phone through an app. Let's mm. say you put it on a the billboard, then some special little thing can happen, an animation, oh, okay, or you can okay, get yeah. I don't know um, ten pound from your Uber ticket or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like these promotional stuff yeah, that yeah, happens, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But um, um, to be honest, I don't know how it's. I don't know technically how it's done in terms of the design itself. Mm. Like that's not my. I don't yeah. need to know. I don't need to understand you the technology. You just position it. You just position exactly. It and I just to get the right people in exactly, to do the, yeah. to do the work and and just say, okay, this is what we plan to do. Can this happen? And yeah, so that's that's cool. Um, um, yeah, so that's what I do. I contract. So I mean, um, if you ask me what I was doing a year ago, it'd be totally different to what I was doing last. So what are the major ago. what are the major projects that you've worked on, or like what are the kind of brands that you've worked with that you've kind of um, and which one has been probably the most insightful experience? Something that's kind of pushed you out of your comfort zone the, the greatest amount. Uh, so companies I worked for, I worked for Google, I worked for Apple. Um, does, I love saying those names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, I've worked with brands like you know the other other brands like Panasonic and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. Western Digital, which is like a mobile, no, which is like a hard drive company and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and um, did some branding stuff for like some music industry people and stuff like that. Um, but um, what was the question? Which which brands have you said you've worked? Well, we've worked, worked for the best. Oh yeah, um, like, which is the best? <laughs> which has been the best one? Which has been the best one? Okay. Um, to be fair, all right. This is quite of a, a long story. Do we have time? We have yeah, time. of course, man. We've yeah. got time. Man. Okay, so time for a conversation. Um, I start when I fin- I when I did university. When I was in university, I studied computer games design and visual effects. Um, the programs in which I used was um, it's called 3ds Max, which is um a mixture of CAD and 3DX Max, I don't know what the other side okay, is, yeah. yeah. So you can do kind of virtual reality stuff, mm-hmm. you can do the Pixar stuff, you okay. can do like the visual effects. So say for instance, I don't know, Iron Man, when he puts the suit on, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. visual effects and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I was taught at university. And, um, but while I was in university, I understood that uh, I got to a point where I realized that the market in which I was in was um, contract to perm type okay. market. So it wasn't very stable as what I thought it was mm. going to be. I mean, reading up as a kid, as a kid, you see like, oh, this is the set salary a computer games designer yeah, will earn. Yeah, yeah. But what you don't understand is that because since I don't know, let's say, um, what happened in two thousand and eight with mm, the, the crash, the crash yeah. and all that type of stuff. Yeah, things are, money's not fluid as as it used to be in it. Mm. So, um, like you could, you can work for a company, you can work on the Batman film, and you could be with them for ten months, and you could give the best work of their life, and they can honor you for that. But because they don't no longer have a project for another couple of months no to come in, they no longer need you, yeah. so therefore you get sacked. Mm. You see what I mean? So kind of, I got angry with the fact that, you know, I put my whole life into doing this degree yeah. and 
to get a job in this market which is technically unstable mm. do you see what i'm saying so what i did was my final year i deferred my dissertation and i started my own business okay. so it was called two blue pixels it was me and my boy he worked at um fosters and partners yeah. partners which is an architectural firm they okay. did the gherkin and, and we started our own architectural visualization company mm. um, and we pitched to clients interior designers and stuff like that to be an additional service to their you know what i mean to their um to their offerings to their clients what so, gave you that foresight though sorry to interrupt you like in terms of like being being able to say second year right yes so if you deferred your third year so yeah, yeah what kind of gave you that foresight to say i actually want to now start a business with my boy and do what is relatively considered a niche field. I mean, it's not necessarily a typical kind of it was very, business field. Yeah, it was very niche at the time because it, it was just coming into kind of like fruition. It's coming to like, into, this is what um, developers yeah. at the time wanted. Um, to be fair, it wasn't even my initial idea. It was his initial idea. Obviously, he's worked. he was working in a field so he could saw, he saw how the market was going. Yeah. I just knew how to do the work. Yeah. And, and it's funny because me and my boy didn't speak for like, 10 years before that like oh, wow. it's literally it's a random phone call we spoke on facebook didn't want to talk to him so i gave him my other number <laughs> you know you know those stuff like that he doesn't even know the story so he's not going to listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah i love you anyway bro <laughs> yeah. yeah but um yeah he rang me and then we kind of like just mashed heads in it and then we were just talking about what we're doing and stuff like that and then we just like he was like yo boy like we're on the same thought process yeah. we're doing the same things and let's just team up and do this and i was like yeah and then i i literally i literally one day i just linked up with him and we just went to like an interior designer kitchen designers and stuff like that and we was just pitching pitching them based on stuff that i'd done in uni so like arc viz off my show reel yeah. pitching 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 and we got some work and um so I w we went from not knowing what we we're doing like oh, the whole main pro the whole process yeah. for the first let's say the first six months of doing this mm. while I still had deadlines while I still like because when I said deferred the year yeah. I meant like I just didn't hand in my dissertation oh, okay. like so officially <laughs> yeah the, yeah it oh, was okay. like I didn't hand in my dissertation in it but but I knew that well I was trying to be smart I was trying to be smart by not handing in my dissertation I thought that at least I could have got a little bit of student loan the next year yeah. to like kind of tie me over during the moments while I'm trying to this, okay. this whole new field yeah, I, yeah. I thought I was smart but uh, it didn't pan out that way yeah, yeah. you know what I mean I just had to hand in the dissertation and they told me to go away <laughs> <laughs> literally so um, but while we was doing this like we, we got to the position where we was working on chalets in Switzerland um, we was working on like um multi-million pound luxury buildings, apartments in Holland and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And like fl flown over to Holland to pitch our work. So everything was photorealism. How did so, you find that? So like going from like a very domestic market where obviously, you know, there's less of a language barrier to then going abroad. Did you ever find that kind of difficulty of like translating yourself, not only just verbally, but also your ideas? Because obviously the diff like, for example, you mentioned Holland, right? Yeah, in the yeah, Netherlands, yeah. where there is quite a great deal of emphasis on architecture. I mean, it's a yeah, really yeah. architecture-driven kind of culture. Yeah. So how did you cut overcome that? Or how did you kind of, did you assess that even? Or was it just kind of trying no, to... No, again, this is, it was, all the work itself was a bit kind of like, um, I adjusted my, my sails to the wind. Okay. So I didn't, like, I've never been to Holland before. Right. I've never been to Holland before. Um, I didn't do Amsterdam. 
nothing like that. Like you know, you know those I'm things. Still there, you still to the Amsterdam. Yeah, I didn't I'm do that. I didn't know what to expect. That. I understood um, Scandinavian architecture and all that type of stuff. And and obviously speaking with the architects that was over there through obviously emails and stuff like that, mm. I kind of got the gist of what type of demographics of people that I'll be working towards mm. and what type of stuff that they needed to create in it. So literally, it was it was one of those things where um, the interior designer that we was working with, mm. um, she would call us four a.m. in the morning on Skype. So I'll, I'll literally be working twenty four hours a day. Wow. Because obviously. She she's got her day clients and then she's got this and yeah. obviously we're additional service to her and and we didn't understand business in the terms of we need to set our boundaries so these are all things that we're learning all oh, the time okay. so, so i thought my boundaries like say for instance you know the working hours is nine to five yeah yeah that's a boundary mm. so you know or nine to five thirty yeah. let's say so you know that if you ring a company at five thirty two no one's picking up yeah so you have to ring them between nine and five thirty yeah that's not something we set up so it because we was just excited to get the, the jobs mm. and the work and doing the work she would ring us at 4 a.m in the morning and i would have to wake up to that just oh, wow. see what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. because i didn't set that initial boundaries and these are things that i kind of yeah, progressed and learned yeah. over the time and how to handle business and then it's a thing as well you don't i didn't realize at the time as well um <laughs> people have this uh i don't i wouldn't say it's power issue but people have this concept that once i pay you to do a job i own you Oh, okay. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So if I'm giving you your deposit, which is 50% upfront, yeah, you need to do everything I tell you to do mm. because you're not going to get the remainder of money or I want my money back. So things like writing contracts and stuff like that as well, yeah. it's things that we have to learn during the way and stuff like how that. How did you learn this thing? Was it, did you have guidance or was it just kind of... How no, you... there's no one in my family that's entrepreneurial mm. like that. Well, I've got a cousin that does... Yeah, 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 he, yeah. He hustles. Yeah. He's got an entrepreneurial spirit. You understand business. He understands business in the informal part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get yeah, you. Yeah, he's not registered as a limited company. Yeah. He doesn't know laws and stuff like yeah. that, but he knows how to change £10 into 500 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So it's all research. And I, I just, I got to the point where if I weren't working, I was researching. And if I weren't researching, I was working. And like, it, it actually took a big toll on me, innit? Like, literally. Probably like, um, it got to a point where I was just doing this 24-7, 24-7. That's all I ate, slept and breathe, innit? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, but it was cool. Um, and obviously working, like doing pitching in Holland, we pitched to the mayor of Holland, we pitched to all of the, like the senior people, like the, the affluent people within that area and stuff like that. And like, they were buying lots of these, these, yeah, I don't know, these 50 million pound, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Apartments and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. And again, something like that we didn't understand at the time was, and which is what people don't really, okay, pricing yourself. Mm. Pricing yourself is very, it's very tricky because you want to price yourself enough that you get valued for your time, yeah. but you don't want to price yourself that it's too much that you outprice yourself for the work. So these are the things in which obviously you're scared to, yeah. you're scared to say, yo, oh, man wants give me 30 bags in it yeah, like, yeah. you know what i mean it's interesting that i was speaking to um someone else that i've had on this podcast as well and we was talking about pricing yeah and it's it's the same thing in terms of what value do you place on yourself exactly what exactly. value and what worth do you place on your time and your productivity i think there's this common misconception particularly among young people and it's mm. i think it's something that you you learn as you grow older is that your your worth is not defined by your age of course not, no, and I not think at all. A lot of people think that because you're young, you must price yourself to a 
young price sensitive to what your market value should exactly. be for the person that the but average then, person exactly yeah. and i think maybe you going into your market maybe again i think probably from your experience where you kind of touched on is that you probably wasn't aware in terms of what the market rate was no i wasn't aware we weren't aware uh, um aware at all mm. um aware yeah. <laughs> still tipsy <laughs> no, that rum, yeah that <laughs> rum in it like um shout out to cottons yeah um i mean how i learned to pricing uh, is is market research this is where the kind of like the business analysis thing kind of mm. came into where um i would what i would do is i would get 3d i would get floor plans to 2d floor plans in which like an architect would have given me and they would tell me to price up this work. So what I would do is I would make a fake email address and I would price it. I would send it off to someone else, another firm that does the services. Yeah. And they tell me what they will charge per floor, for, um, floor plan. Okay. And then what I would do is I would knock off like £10 off that or £20 off that. So I kind of come underneath the market. Yeah. So then when I'm speaking to clients about it, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, well, through like research we are the lowest in the market yeah but we give a higher version of qualities and that type of stuff do you know what i mean like I like this type of stuff yeah um okay. this is what the project's gonna cost and then we figure out how much it will take us in in days in terms to do the stuff and then the rendering time so that's something that we didn't figure about like the additional stuff so um i mean i can say rendering but that's like developing the final product so mm. say for instance it's like you make a design for a shoe then you send the shoe off the manufacturer yeah. how long is it going to get kind of like pattern stitched and whatever and sent back to you so that's mm -hmm. kind of like the rendering time in like that sense yeah so these are the things that we had to figure out and then we would have to price into that as well so and um, as a conversation it's it was interesting to see what we could we could push in and what we could talk about um um, Did you ever feel pricing. shafted by being a young person? Like you're approaching these very established or very adult-like businesses, and you're approaching them as like a young. Yeah, person. well, we we were dealing with people like twice our age, mm. people that could be our parents. Yeah, just you know what I mean. And they're looking at us like, "Yo, do you even guys? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, know what you're doing? You know what you're yeah. doing in sense, or like maybe not even know if you know what you're doing because they still want something from mm. us. So we knew what we we're doing in that field, but in terms of business, yeah. could I? Could I? get me cut something off your your business because of oh, your lack okay. of knowledge of your yeah, business yeah, yeah, yeah. type stuff yeah um but what happened is we, i just got to the point of not not caring mm. so it's either this is what we're quoting you mm. where we're charging you uh, a nice rate mm. considering this is what the markets are yeah and this is the quality that we're providing, we are providing you, yeah. you as well it's a win-win situation because mm. not only are you saving money you're getting a better quality yeah so that's how we was doing things and then as soon as we kind of understood that power aspect mm. we was kind of more we started to um boost up our prices okay this is what i mean yeah. and then it gets to a kind of like uh, you get to a point you get to a point oh, i don't know um a a space in which um when you're dealing with a certain market what you price mm. depends on your experience so you see what i'm saying yeah. so like say for instance if i price too low because i was scared to lose the business mm -hmm. they would think we didn't know business so therefore they wouldn't go with us anyway even though it might be more cost effective okay. for them so what we started to do was triple rates we started to triple rates and yeah. there's like oh well if you're not charging that amount then you must know what you're doing yeah and this is your quality of your work okay cool we'll do it so they didn't but the highly eyelid. So there's almost like a, a thing where it's like price is also a key aspect of perception as well. Exactly. So exactly. even if you're young, the high price also can connote your experience. Exactly. 
that's the thing. So what would you say the key advice is that you would give to other like kind of young people in the business space, irrespective of field they're in, yeah. in terms of from a pricing aspect? Like, what um, would you kind of say is I would the key say, caveat? I said research the market, mm. create the product, understand how you're going to pitch your product. Mm. Um, not only like image, your personal image, yeah. how you conduct yourself, how you walk, how you talk, mm. how you engage people. And when they speak about certain topics, you should know what the topics they are speaking about. So do your due diligence kind e- of thing. Exactly. So, yeah. but it could even be something that's not relative to your lifestyle. Yeah. So um, one thing I had to learn about was theater. Like, because they will talk about theatre. Do you see what I mean? So I would end up talking about that to kind of like create a a comfortability, a a blanket around them. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, he knows what I'm talking about. Rah, 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 rah. Did you ever come to those kind of scenarios where they try to relate to you on, say, for example, mentioning hip hop or something that is commonly I never gave them the perception that I listen to hip hop. Because if they ask me what type of music I listen to, I'll tell them the music that I know that they, you know, assumptions of what yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't think I, they didn't think I would listen to. So you went against the grain. Exactly. So if they ask, oh, what do you think of, I don't know, Drake's new album? I was mm. like, I don't listen to Drake. I listen to Bon Jovi. Boom. You're out. You're out of that market yeah. now. You're no longer, they can no longer pat you on your head type yeah. thing. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they can't level you mm. because they f- they feel like you're from that different market. That's something that I've learned in my business. It might, yeah. okay, obviously each and every company is different yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's not like, I wouldn't say it's denying your culture. Yeah. It's understanding that when you're working in business, what you do in your own personal life doesn't have, it bears any effect mm. on the business that you're trying to conduct. Yeah. So if you have to put that mask on to do the job, to get your money, to have your lifestyle, to you know feed your family, yeah. then you do that in it. Obviously, I'm not saying like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be, be an absolute sellout. Sellout, yeah. Or yeah. don't be a criminal in yeah, doing yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but or, or bull face lying. But put yourself in a position in which you are faceless, where yeah. you are a blank canvas. They don't understand you, and therefore, because they don't understand you, they want to work with you. It's interesting you say that because I think one thing that I've spoken about to a few people is kind of like those unwritten rules and those unwritten codes when you're jumping into the into the job market. Yeah, those things that. You're not really taught with a degree. You're not really taught by your parents. And you're not really taught within a school and the kind of things that you talk about in a sense. Yeah. Where amalgamating yourself and kind of being a reflection of your clients. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, particularly nowadays, are so prideful and they want to personify who they really their identity is. But yeah. sometimes you have to move within the room and understand what the room says. The room says exactly. You know, like I think a lot of people, for example, like you touch on theatre. Yeah. A lot of times, say for example, in my experience. They see the way that I speak, or they may assume where I'm from. If I say I'm from Islington, or mm. I'm from North London, they assume that I've grown up in a particular type of environment. Yeah, and so rather than advantage. saying hello and shaking my hand, they're saying you're one trying to spud me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but then once they get comfortable with that regard, they all they're already undermining you. So it's yeah. kind of giving them that not illusion as such, but kind of giving them that impression to know that actually I am just as well spoken as you are. I am, if not more, just as I've got the same cultural capital as you assume that I don't have yeah. and I'm able to adapt to your rules and I think there's yeah. a lot of rules that kind of go under the radar where it breeds that entitlement culture where people feel like because I'm who I am and because I've got a degree I should just ultimately get a job but there's those little things that you touch upon in terms of reflecting the culture of your clients yeah. in order to give them the comf- comfortable aspect to approaching you and being able to you know interact with you one thing i learned about business is that people don't buy from businesses they buy from people people Mm. buy from people as simple as that and if your client doesn't understand like if if your client doesn't feel 
familiar with you as yeah. a person, they won't ever work with you. You could have the best business in the world. If you don't know how to relate or to communicate with your client, you're not getting that business. Yeah. Simple as. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it means you have to act accordingly, you have to dress accordingly, and you have to, you get me, yeah, yeah. like, do what they do, yeah. innit? Like, basically being a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, pretty much. You're there for a mission, innit? You're yeah. there to eat. You're there yeah. to get your food. <laughs> Be a wolf, innit? Yeah. yeah. Understand it. And then eat, slaughter everything afterwards. Because mm. then once you, once you deliver what you deliver to them, obviously word of mouth is so powerful. They're going to introduce you to other clients and then your network system is yeah. going to get you to the point where you're now undeniable. Yeah. Unless you do something major to, like, mess up. But yeah. you're undeniable where people are not going to, oh, that person worked with this person. They're going to base your work on that person's work, on that person, how what yeah. they value that person to be. They're going to base your services. So it's like it's like saying getting a cosign from Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if Kanye West says that this guy is dope in it, yeah, yeah, then he's dope because they understand his dopeness. Do you mm. see what I'm saying? Like, so that, and that's, that's happens in, 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 um, in terms of business as well. So mm. it's just like being mindful of all that different types of things. I mean, be yourself to a certain degree, which, but don't fully be your also, you know, understand the environment, adapt yeah. to your environment. Be, move like water mm. do you know what I mean be like water be like water, water. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like no one no you you know no one cares where you come from really yeah as long as you can do what you're doing but if you if you bring it if you highlight it it becomes a problem mm. so that's something you gotta be mindful of yeah but anyway back to kind of the original point we were talking yeah. about like how I kind of got into it after university yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. dealing with these def- different demographics of people and pitching to these people mm-hmm. and stuff and understanding that I got to a point where I was working 24-7 and I was understanding everything in my market and stuff like that and then I got the confidence and once I got the confidence that's when things started to take the change over yeah. do you know what I mean what where, would you think was that switch point in confidence for you I mean what kind of triggered that confidence because I think confidence is a key aspect within any walk of life you're in, if you're moving to girls or moving to guys for that matter, or if you're a girl, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're in business or whatever it may be in that confidence is, is the serum and kind of the blood that kind of allows you to fuel your dreams or at least mm. live your dreams. So what would you say that kind of gave you that confidence? Is it something that's always been innate to you or is there some sort of action or some sort of situation that you were in that kind of flicked that switch to be like, Do you know what, my abilities surpass people's perception of it? Um, it's interesting because um, I think it's just understanding human behavior. We all, we all, we all have our insecurities. Mm. There's no one that is a hundred percent confident in what they build, no matter what, what, what they are, who they are, or where they are, what position they are in life. Everyone has their insecurities, but you have to understand your strong points. Mm. You have to understand your weaknesses. Understanding your weaknesses it will make you more powerful person than just understanding your strong points. You could be a great artist again, but if you don't know how to communicate with people, mm. then like you're, you're not. You know what I mean? You're yeah, not a no, good person. You're not a good yeah. artist because you can't. The one job that you have yeah. to show your work to the world and no one wants to listen to you because you don't know how to speak to them, yeah. then you're not really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You might have the skill, but you don't know how to push the stuff out. It's true. I think that, there's a lot of times where a lot of people have the skill set, but they don't necessarily have the personable skills. Exactly. Yeah. And in that type of situation where you don't have to sell yourself. And I think one thing that I've kind of learned, not only through my own experiences, but I've learned from speaking to not only young people and other peers of mine, is that there is that confidence issue, hence why I asked you about it. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know how to sell themselves. They don't have to be their own salesperson. Yeah. Where 
ultimately it goes back to that kind of believing in your wave yeah you know a lot of people can be have this talent have then they always undermine themselves one thing i always say is kind of humble pie it becomes stale after a while yeah you know that you can only eat humble pie for so long mm. so in that kind of situation where you have confidence and you want to kind of let that transpire and kind of reach the masses or reach at least the clientele that you're reaching to Mm. you kind of need to be able to oversell in a certain extent i think that's what i've learned from my experience yeah um i agree i agree um but with i don't know with um like your confidence mm. uh, there's something in my mind i was gonna say um you have to do you feel like you have to kind of balance it or do you feel like I've, it has to be something that I feel like one one thing that I, I notice in our generation itself is that people don't believe that they have to prove themselves. Mm. No, you have to prove yourself. So there's an entitlement. Yeah, you exactly the entitlement. Mm. Like you have to prove yourself. Again, you can be the greatest artist in the world, but mm. if you don't pick up the pen, you don't show that, mm. you don't put give the output, no one knows you're the greatest artist in the world. So mm. until you do that, you're chatting crap. Like, mm. oh yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? You have to prove yourself, and if and, and that goes through everything in life. That goes with friendship. That goes with love. That goes mm. with work. It goes with even your financial capabilities. Yeah, yeah. You have to prove. You know what I mean? And once you prove it to yourself, and you have the confidence to prove it to yourself, you can prove it to people. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm dope. Yeah. And the only reason <laughs> I know I'm dope is because I see my dope stuff. Yeah, you proved so, it to yourself. yourself. Yeah. So now, because I proved it to myself, it's only a matter of time that when you see it. Yeah. You're gonna realize that how dope I am. This is true. Do you see what I'm saying? So, and so people that don't believe that they have to prove things, that's where they kind of get they get lost in the noise, and they they then they will do nothing. Mm. You don't have no inhibitions to show your work. You don't have no uh, nothing to drive you to do what you're doing, because you don't believe you have to prove to anyone that you're good at anything. Mm. Then you will never be good at anything. This type is thing. I yeah. think there's always this undercurrent themes where all the kind of personal development books and all the kind of business mentors that I've kind of listened to is that the underlying theme is kind of believing in yourself. Exactly. And I think that is probably the most rarest but most valuable commodity you can have to yourself. Believing in yourself and kind of having that confidence and kind of having that. Um, but the only way you can Certainly. believe in yourself is by not listening to people when they say you can't do things. Don't let people's, don't let people's perception of you because you haven't proved anything to them mm. define who you are as a person. So, again, you telling them that you're a great artist and they're like, no, you're not. If you let that define you mm. and you don't produce work, then they're right. So you don't let that affect you. So ultimately, allow definitions to grow organically from you rather than from external sources exactly don't yeah. your value is not based on other people's opinions in terms of what you haven't produced yeah so like like I went, your value is not based on what on people's opinions on what you haven't produced yeah but your value is based on people's opinions on what, what you, you have produced, produced. so yeah. do you see what i'm yeah. saying like yeah. like so these are things that we need to take into consideration it's not hard to not it's not hard to, like it's easier said than done to say that uh I'm confident. You don't just wake up confidence. It's mm-hmm. something that you have to work on. It's something that you have to prove to yourself, and then it's something you have to show the world. And I can't say just be confident because it's not like that doesn't make sense. How can you just be confident if you're not a confident person? So it's something in which you it comes through actions. Exactly, ultimately, you develop it. There's a consistency of actions which ultimately cultivates and breeds your confidence. Yeah. If you don't constantly do actions that are for your aim, purpose, or destination, you're not going to breed that confidence that 
is going to be everlasting. I mean, so a lot of people have those ups and downs in confidence. That's purely because their consistency in their life mm. is up and down as well. Yeah. Everything, I mean, I guess we're going to touch on another thing about consistency. I mean, we've got our own, our own perspectives on that. <laughs> but before we get to kind of that, I mean, there's something you touched on prior in terms of when you started your business, which was between you and your friend. Yeah. So one thing that's kind of interested me is in terms of like dynamics in partnerships. A yeah. lot of people have this, I want to be my own boss. I yeah. want to be, you know, work for myself. But it's an interesting dynamic to work with someone where you're both bosses. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's, you know, common scenarios where, you know, Jay-Z and Dame Dash and, you know, you've got all these kind of different yeah. big partnerships which have had their own kind of power differences and their personality differences. Yeah. What would you say the personality differences were within your partnership and what did you learn from that? Um, do you know what? With, okay, so, um, short, for short, his name's Ty. So working with Ty, um, I grew up with Ty. Mm-hmm. I grew up in South with him and then um, I moved out of South his family moved out from the area as well. We went uni, went whatever, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then the only way we had our communications through um, Facebook, you yeah. know, just adding old friends and stuff like that, yeah. What what our things of having a business partner, again, I haven't had another business partner at, at the same, working the same way as we did mm. um, as him. We had a common understanding that we came from humble beginnings. Okay. So we... We're here to work in it. We're here to, this is a hustle. Do you see what I'm saying? The same way how man them are doing what they're doing on the road. It's the same way that you have to apply the mentality into business. So, but I also understood that me being a creative and him being someone of creativity, but with more of a business background that I needed to drop my pride. Mm. So my pride was um, like, you don't know more than me. But mm. you do, yeah. you know what I mean. You you've got your specialities, isn't it? Yeah. You study business. You understand business. You understand economics. You understand the way you the world the works. Exactly yeah. the way the world works that way. Yeah. Mm. I understand design. Mm. I understand communication. I understand. I understand that without me, you can't produce your work, and without you, I can't get funded. Yeah. So that's the stuff. So with our level is that we had the common understanding from humble beginnings mm-hmm. and then we had the understanding of how each of us work how we fit into the plan mm. and then with that understanding that's why we went out there and we just hustled yeah. do you see what i mean so um it was it's it's great but it's it it obviously had its ups and downs mm. it had points where i had to say you know what oh, let me just let me just eat this in it yeah. what was an example of that what was the kind of situation that you were both in where you had to have you had those fractions and you had those clash of heads um, I overpromised to one client. Okay. I overpromised to one client um, within a time frame mm. in which realistically we weren't able to commit to due to the our resources. Okay. And we did the work. Mm. We put someone else. We got someone else in and stuff like that. But it was an argument in which he said to me, um, "Don't overpromise and under deliver." Yeah under promise and over deliver. deliver. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just you get understand yeah. the concept. Yeah, 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 I didn't understand the concept, I know. And it's, it's a, such a simple concept, yeah. do you know what I mean? Exceed expectations, mm-hmm. do you see what I mean? Don't don't give them expectations and not meet the expectations. Yeah, give them a point in which you know you can exceed past it. Mm-hmm. And then they will love you even more. This is like this is this is icing on cake, this is cherry on it, top of the icing. I think it applies to relationships as well. It applies to everything. I think, yeah, it applies to everything. everything. I think, not even in business. I think, like, even when you're with your partner, I think even, you know, having making sure that expectation is 
less than what they expect. Yeah. But then over delivering to their expectation puts you in a great president, not only of power. I mean, relationships shouldn't be about power. Yeah. But it, it draws a greater deal of um, appreciation and desire as well. Yeah. If a girl has been, you know, just used to crap guys, you know, who don't even take her out. Yeah. And then you 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 level to that, but then you take her out every now and again, but more frequently to her previous guys. Yeah. You've over delivered as it is, and yeah. there's a greater deal of it appreciation that you can extract from that. Similar with clients, I guess. Yeah. Like don't tell her that you're gonna take her out and then yeah. you don't. Like yeah. that's that's hell. You're getting months of aggro. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. Don't don't do that. Yeah. It's true. Don't over promise because purely you you ultimately let yourself down more. Yeah. You, you let yourself. Down. You give someone a mark, and that mark. They want you to hit it. If you don't hit it, then mm. it's your fault because you told them about the mark. Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had that mark. Simple as. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To 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 gauge you. But obviously, there's other situations where course, okay, where that uh, the last person they were, did X, Y, and Z, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you come in and you're just like, oh, don't have no expectations of me. And this then, is true. But then that's something. I think, I think you can't go in with no expectations. I think no expectations is a fallacy to have. Yeah. Expectations are rooted to who we are purely because we're defined by experiences. Exactly. And that that builds our expectations. Not only in the business world, even if you've only just started business, yeah. your expectations are built upon who else has done business within your field. Exactly. But what kind of mistake has he made then that you, um, that clash tends with you in terms of how you are in terms of your ideology and personality as a person? Um, it's kind of like kind of like the same thing, but on the opposite way, on the opposite side. He estimated the rendering time. Mm which he doesn't he, he didn't doesn't know about yeah. the rendering time yeah um which we had conflict over mm. but then that's something else in which how we sorted out was again resources mm. we bought something else in which we can meet that demand um to that demand to the client mm. so um which was just like another computer to do yeah, whatever yeah. the work was um but i said to him before you can even say anything about oh rendering time will take i don't know two hours three hours yeah. you can bang out fifty thousand stuff for you yeah, yeah, six yeah. Day. talk to me about that because yeah. that's my area do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. that's my speciality mm. that's what i can tell you what i can give you an estimate and then when i give you an estimate i'm going to add an hour to that estimate anyway and Just then some leeway. exactly yeah. so any every oh and that's another thing to touch on <laughs> on yeah. delivery times <laughs> as well if you know you can do it in two weeks tell the client three and a half in yeah. it because you never know because there's been points where you've worked right and then your computer blows up and you're like dog like do you know what i mean I you have to start everything again so you always have to have that contingency at the end mm -hmm. and which is something now like it happening in my own personal business stuff mm -hmm. it's something that i've taken into my field as a project manager now moving from my field as a project um from doing this arcviz consultancy work yeah. working on a very niche market yeah i had to learn how to apply that into a wider market as well because not many people understand arc mm. tech visualization they yeah. don't understand it like Okay, what do you do? You got draw. Okay, mm. how does this work? How could you market a campaign? Yeah. Well, no, my soft skills, my the, the 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 skills that I developed over the time was about understanding scoping a project, pricing a project. It was about you know getting the resources in. It was about mitigating of risks. So mm. understanding what potential risk can happen and mm. how we can stop these risks from happening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At all, entirely. And then we have to understand that even though we can mitigate risks, we have to also understand that there's going to be unknown risks. So if, if say, for instance, it's something simple as you can pay a, um, a 
contractor for you to come in mm-hmm. and he's contracted for two weeks to work this two weeks but he might work one week think oh I don't want to do this no more and bust out what are you going to do what are you going to do now you paid him mm-hmm. you paid him half he's worked half and then he now what who's going to do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so this is where you would have to have two free contractors sitting there chilling that we know say that if this person, this person can jump in X, Y, and Z to like. So these are the things that we learned and these are the things that I've applied into the world that I'm in at the moment. So working with a friend, I mean, yeah. it's always tricky. I mean, I've had experiences working with friends and it's never been easy purely because those personal relationships can kind of go, you feel like you know someone so well, mm. you assume that you can do biz- great business with them, but I guess within business you need to, as they say, never mix you know, business with pleasure or yeah. never mix a personal with a business now. Yeah. So from your experience of working with your friend and yeah. working in a business environment, yeah. in terms of communication now, do you think being friends aided that or do you think it brought about some friction as well? Well, with with us it was a different situation because we were friends as kids and then we weren't friends for such a long time. Mm. Like we knew if we saw each other on the road, we'd probably talk. Yeah. You know, how's life, how's mom, dad, all yeah. that type of stuff because I knew them. Back then, I don't know them who they are now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously get into the position now where, okay, we're friends again, mm. but we're friends again in a different format. We're friends with mm. business. Do you know what I mean? There's a purpose on why we're talking. Mm. And then obviously through that, it rekindled our friendship. That sounds a bit kind of, yeah. No, it's, no, no, but, but it's true. Yeah, it rekindled, it rekindled it's our friendship. Reformed your, your friendship. Exactly, such, yeah. exactly. Reformed the friendship. Like we, he's like, even now, even now, like speaking about it now, um, he still calls me and asks me for advice. Mm. Uh, on business mm. and he's the business minded one and I was still call him and mm. I ask him an advice on design and mm. I'm the design guy yeah. so even it's like there's no like if we have yeah there's no ego there mm. because we understood that you know what you know this I know this we went on different ways so you might know more of me about this and that so mm. we soak everything in yeah. we're open doors we're just taking everything and that's how you need to bounce off people you can't work with people that believe that they know everything mm. because if you work with people that believe that they know everything you get me when the sea's coming towards you yeah. and you're, you're, everyone's saying go left go left yeah. go left or yeah. turn back turn yeah. back and it ride the wave or whatever <laughs> and you're like no no it's gonna part it's gonna part yeah. I know it's gonna part you're sinking yeah, you see what true. I'm saying so you have to work with people that like you have to listen and that's one thing I've learned as well like as a project manager when I'm working with um, like developers and coders and stuff I can I understand code basically but mm. I'm not technical these guys are plugged in yeah. like do you see what I'm saying so when I go to projects I'll be like yo guys what do we do here mm. I go to them and they tell me what we, they tell me and I just take what they tell me and I put it in a document so I guess you've got to be receptive in both ways, everything I think a lot of times what gets in the way of a lot of people, even myself at times, I think one thing that I've kind of been on a journey on personal development is my ego itself. I've always been yeah. that kind of, I told you so guy, I've always kind of been that, I assume that I know more than you. Yeah. Purely, not necessarily in, in a way to belittle anyone, but purely because I have a great belief in what I know. Yeah, yeah. But There's... I think, you know, you get to a point where you need to kind of strip away that ego and you need to strip away it and thinking that, on this journey, you're gonna come across people that are going to know more than you. Yeah. And you're gonna come across people who are better than you. And that doesn't mean that this, you're any less better. It mm. just purely means yeah, that you've got now room to grow. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are against that growth purely because they want to be a master before they've done the 10,000 hours. But yeah, within yeah, those yeah. 10,000 hours, 
you're going to have conversations with people who have done 15, 20, 30,000 hours. Yeah. It's also, it's also understanding as well that even though you might know more about one subject, there's something else about another subject that that same person will know that you don't know. Mm. So again, you can have self-worth, you yeah. can understand yourself, your yeah. position, have confidence mm. in yourself, but don't have ego in the sense of not taking in any other information for anybody mm. else because that just, it only hinders yourself, your growth, your personal okay. growth, your personal development. Do you know what I mean? Again, I've been in this industry of, like for a couple of years now, and I still when I because I, I used to have to do interviews as well with certain companies as mm-hmm. well. Like they asked me, oh, okay, so what's one of the main reasons why you wanna like work with us as yeah. well? Because I like to, you know, I want to learn how your company functions. Mm-hmm. And I says um, through previous experiences, it normally takes maybe two three weeks to understand, you know, the, the mechanics of a company, and then another two three weeks I get in the swing of things and I can execute very well yeah. I understand that I say that open and then people take that in because mm. it's like not many people will be like people come into interviews and be like I'm the shit like yeah. everyone <laughs> wants to everyone wants to run, wants to, what's it, run the ground what's it Hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. That's the exactly, thing. exactly. That's the one, yeah. But everybody, again, that's the expectations. Because yeah. if you go and say like, "Yo, I know this industry. I know everything about it. Hire me." Yeah, the and then you go on. in there. The pressure's on. So yeah. from the beginning, they want you to deliver yeah. straight away. You can't deliver. But if you say to them like, "Listen, I've, I know about this industry to mm-hmm. a certain degree, but I also understand as well every single different companies that I work with works differently. Mm-hmm. Their their procedures, their compliances, and all that type of stuff. Their signing off processes are." The slightly difference yeah. I'm flexible with that yeah. I understand that willing to learn but once I got the gist of it yeah. I'm unstoppable so in terms of like you and your relationship and kind of your experiences so far what would you say the key lessons you've learned from being doing business with a friend or mm, mm. you know being in that business space what would you say the key lessons that you've learned to be open book to open be book. yeah oh, not open book yeah to be open to mm. be open to be open um, understanding Understanding my strengths, understanding my weaknesses. What would you say weaknesses are, or my, have been? What my my one of my weaknesses was. I thought I knew everything. Mm. I thought I knew everything. I I thought I was a like as a kid I was a smart ass. <laughs> yeah. I was a, you know what I mean. Like my brothers didn't like me because yeah. I used to always you say smart. Yeah, yeah, I knew I had those witty words yeah, to yeah. say. Do you know what I mean? I was very annoying, uh, and I understood that. So mm. I had to tone that down. I had to understand. I had to take in the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And one of the things that my dad has always said to me: a narrow mind has no space to grow for mm. growth. And our mind has no space for learning so then i was like okay cool that makes sense that's logical yeah if your mind is narrow yeah you can't you only can fit a certain amount of things have, have an open mind you can fit in everything do you see what i'm saying so and, and that's a dope way of looking at it. if you're narrow-minded how much can really fit into it exactly it's something again logical something it's, it's a, even the wording of it yeah but um something that i wanted to kind of touch on was like i guess we've spoken about the positive aspects that yeah. you've spoken about, you know, the lessons and you've learned away, but what have been the tribulations and where have, have you ever been in a space for maybe from a personal development aspect where you've kind of been in a bad space? And what um, has that bad space been and at what stage was it at? Alright, so in terms of um, another thing that I didn't while trying to be an entrepreneur and trying to be the man and trying yeah. to business and get this money, one thing I forgot was family time. Okay. One thing I always forgot was about risk as well and an investment mm. so again you can have money 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 is fluid money mm. is fluid it doesn't doesn't have emotion attachment to anyone or anything you make money you lose money you risk everything the, the bigger the risk the bigger the reward everybody knows this yeah. right so you have to be if you're willing to start a business and you're willing to give your business your all that means you're willing to risk everything you have mm. do you know what i mean if you don't risk everything you have how can you come out top end mm. you know what i mean if you're not trying to push the glass you're not trying to shatter the, 
this, the, the ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. yeah. How can, if you're not giving it that pressure, how can you get to that next level? Mm-hmm. So you have to risk to go broke. The company that I had with my boy, we went bust. Mm-hmm. We went bust. How took, was that experience? How was that experience? It was dope. <laughs> it was dope. You don't, you don't really hear that often. Yeah, that you don't hear that dope. Yeah. What we did again, um, and it was only purely because of from the client side. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like in terms of um, finding this remaining property to go on. We pitched for this one property. Yeah. He flew over from Dubai. He said, yeah, the designs, everything's fantastic. We like, we got like architectural firms out of the way and stuff mm-hmm. like big architectural firms out of the way and stuff like that. And he said, yeah, this is great, but I don't want it here. I want it over there. Wow. And then it put us from being, I don't know, south of the, like Hammersmith area yeah. to him saying that we want this property in Knightsbridge. We want it in Oxford Street. We want it on this main strip because I'm not looking to drive my car across this bridge. Yeah. Again, understanding the clients. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, um, so his financial advisor said that, okay, cool. We've searched for, we've searched for um, the properties on the other side. We were looking for the property on the south of side. But then again, the competition levels were different. We're dealing again with the Apples. We're dealing mm-hmm. with the Harrods. We're dealing with these, these companies that they can get a meeting with Good. these, yeah, with, with these property, you know, rental companies. That, yeah, right? like to, 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 to show you, just to show you a space. Do you know how long do you have to wait just to get a, you know, the leases are for like Oxford Street places, like the, the buildings in Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. They got 50 year, 100 year leases. So companies are there like waiting 25, 50 years just, just to, to put, the, just to get a meeting to put their potential product i'm talking about you're talking blue chip high-end companies mm. you know top you know what five brands in the world in it yeah they have to they got a wait time and then the, the amount of capital that they have to put up up front as well to get these business they might have to pay 25 years of rent up front mm-hmm. like do you know what i mean they're not going to deal with me yeah they're not going to speak to me yeah do you know what i mean so that's something that we have to learn and to, to us it was dope because then i can walk across oxford street and i realize that yo boom this company, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you know how hard it is to get a place right here? So, so it kind of was like an enlightenment moment. Exactly. So as much exactly. as you went bust. In terms of the company. In the company, yeah. it kind of evoked a different level of knowledge to you, I guess. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then I took, we, we, we took the remaining resources and he set up his business. He, he focused on his career. I focused on my career. Mm. I delved more into the brand management and from brand management, I went into project management okay yeah me now invest that and it was dope like which is there any aspect of that journey that you regret um no no i wouldn't be who i am and where i am now with the the same thought processes that i am if i didn't have those potential if i didn't if my company didn't go bust Mm. do you know what i mean if if um if we didn't see those potential uh what could happen because we thought as soon as we signed the contract that we had the business we didn't know that the contract the project itself would have got shelved that's that's why when i say got so we signed the contract yeah we said this is x amount of money in my head i'm raving (laughs) do you see what i'm saying i've made it yeah do you see what i'm saying but what happens is because we couldn't we didn't understand the other world. Okay. We didn't understand the other. We didn't understand the realtor world. Mm. We didn't understand like getting commercial space, and that's when things got shelved. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? And um, even till now, it's like a, it's like you know, like when them the man them from ends and they're talking about their their heyday ten years yeah, ago. That was my, your heyday. Yeah, that was my heyday. <laughs> was do you see heyday. what I'm saying? Yeah. I still I still think about it and I look at it now. Do you know what I mean? I didn't. I was. We didn't go flat broke. 
Do you know what I mean? We still had enough to survive to do something else. Yeah. But in terms of the company, and all, yeah, the company went yeah. bust. We had to like, um, to to tell like cancel contracts and stuff like that because mm. it got like it turned from being four weeks to six weeks to two months, three months, a year went yeah. past. Do you see what I'm saying? And we mm. said like, oh guys, you know what? Um, the retainer that we give you for your business to help us on this project, we no longer we can no longer do it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So and and even that letting people go. You know what I mean? Because yeah. obviously we've already we had to pitch. Think about it, you had to pitch to your your vendors, your contractors. Mm. So the people that are working for you, we had to pitch to them to work with us. So we gassed up the thing, boom. Yeah, come work with us, boom, boom, boom. This is gonna happen. This is your day rate. This is what you're gonna get. We're gonna you know, all that type Again, of it stuff. Again, goes back here. to that kind of over delivering, but they're not having the foresight to see where you're going. Where you're going with that? Yeah. yeah. So then that that humbled us as well to mm. understand that. So again, it showed us certain different things on certain different platforms and certain different levels and that's why I look at things now I take one concept mm. and I can spread it across the board for everything now mm. because I didn't before just see what I'm saying okay. so, okay. Yeah. so there's there's one thing that you touched on in terms of like family and you kind of having that less time for family and I guess what I wanted to kind of touch on was you being in the space you in the career you've been it seems like it's been a very demanding career yeah, yeah. it seems like it's been something where, where you say you put in 24 hours a day or whatever may be the case. It was self-inflicted though. It was self-inflicted, but in terms of what did you realise about family and what did you realise about friends and even relationships in terms of what kind of toll that was taken and what kind of things did you do? Like, um, what were the lessons and the experiences? Friends didn't understand mm. because, or certain friends didn't understand, certain friends did. But because, again, because people don't understand the, that environment, yeah, the, they mechanics made, the mechanics on it, their naysayers and they didn't believe it. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Until they might have seen some materialistic elements mm. to it, they they didn't they didn't understand what you did. They didn't care. Yeah. As far as they know, you're at home playing Dragon Ball Z or whatever mm. or, or FIFA and that. Um, so that's a that's something that I had to take into consideration. And it, it's a it's a lonely path as well. Yeah. It's a lonely path because people don't understand what you're trying to specialize in. Your forte. Your, your, people don't understand yeah. it. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? And it's like to other people, it's like oh, they might know you. So. Some of my friends knows me as a joke. I banter all the time. Yeah. That's my thing. Is that, is that your defense mechanism, though? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I, I tell you, I yeah. probably. Is. You know what they say: the most serious people are the most unserious in conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and I'm like, I banter a lot. So yeah. when I banter a lot, people don't perceive that I have business acumen or yeah. stuff like that until boom man man lines you up yeah. do you see what i'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. it hit you with the business and then you're, you're, you're off your feet because you mm. didn't understand it mm. so when i'm talking to my boys about business or whatever or um they didn't understand it well i don't they may have understood it they may have understood yeah. it but, but they probably just didn't take it in yeah like they I might not have taken it in yeah. or they might not they didn't show it back to me that they understood it because yeah, yeah. to them it was like all right cool and then i was like well, give me more mm. give me more like talk to me about this yeah. do you see what I'm saying and, mm-hmm. and obviously that's not something because they didn't have any expertise in that area or they didn't understand the, the field the niche field or whatever it is they mm-hmm. couldn't really give me anything so and that's something where I, I kind of like understood in terms of family I barely saw my family I barely saw my mom, my brothers and all that type of stuff and they put it on me they were like mm-hmm. yo you need to understand those types of stuff so things I do now is like when it gets to like 8, 9 o'clock my phone's on do not disturb mode yeah, family, phone, time. family time do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Weekends, family. Mm-hmm. Like, family is so important because, again, you never know what happens. Yes, you do. You see what I'm saying? So these are the things that um, uh, doing this and being one of those guys, like, um, yeah, I work 24 hours a day. Yeah. 
Like I work 24 hours a day and I make X amount of money type thing. Yeah. Like that, that's a humble brag. Being busy, being busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm yeah. busy. That's a humble brag. You're yeah. saying, you're saying to someone that I got so much on yeah. that I don't care about your yeah. life, your time in it. Yeah. My time is already invested, invested in something else. else. So what's it got to do? Nothing to do. I can't invest. Exactly. In you, yeah. Exactly. So it kind of, it turned to another thing where on the other side now, when I realized that, okay, family is important. I still need to do what I need to do, but I need to make time for my family. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And even if your family might not understand, or even if your relationship might not understand, yeah. um, it's something in which you have to make sure that you put those safeguards up. You need yeah. to tell them business is nine to five thirty, and then when I when it gets past nine thirty, I'm I'm in my zone or it's I'm with my family. Yeah. Exactly. So these are the things that again, I had to learn. These are the things that. How is it translated in terms of being in the space in the career? You've been in terms of women now, because oh. I think a lot of men that I've spoken to. Mm. who are very career driven who tend to be in that business space in that kind of self-employed space yeah time is a commodity in itself yeah. so then when it comes to women women are they do require a great deal of time there's very few women that are not a drain not a drain is probably the word the, the harsh word to use but yeah. a lot of women do require a great deal of investment in time so yeah. how have you dealt with that how have i dealt with that um i just have to understand that um time consistency the ideals of what consistency is your concept of consistency um i have to again either choose to adhere to it or not as either choose to to show you like obviously it's a big headache um so it's kind of touch on when we spoke about consistency before, before yeah. yeah so consistency is something like assumption of what consistency is mm. and what consi- consistency is change mm. there's nothing more consistent in life than change mm. if it doesn't change like if you're not changing you're not consistent yeah. do you see what i'm saying you're static you're, you're not doing anything yeah. do you know what i mean um so the only thing in life is like change and understanding that consistency changes and you have to understand that people's emotions and their feelings and then you have to then speak to them relate to them yeah. in terms of what you're doing and relate that to them that's what I mean. It's interesting, yeah. even with like consistency, I mean, what we spoke about before, it's like a lot of people, particularly a lot of women, they see consistency as just being almost a routine. Yeah. Let's speak every day. Yeah. You know, we text me every day. You know, you've got to see me twice a week, whatever yeah. may be the case. But then what they don't realise in the long run, that very same consistency that they're asking for, and that it becomes a routine. And then they complain yeah. about the very same routine. Yeah. Oh, things are boring. Oh, yeah. You know <laughs> what is a change into our relationship and it draws back to your idea of consistency which yeah. is change which is change which it's is adaptive. which draws back that the way consistency is perceived is that most people perceive it as routine yeah consistency is a routine rather than it being something so different in terms of uh, uh, the expectation of consistency with a woman to review or your relationship because mm. it could be the other way around it mm. could be like it's not there's there's very there's women that out there that bang out work mm-hmm. and stuff like that and they're they're they're, they're do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, consistency is predictability. Um, and predictability is like it gives that person power. Mm. So if you're consistent, mm. people have expectations of what mm. you will do when you do it. So they can predict your moves and stuff like that. And so therefore they have control and power over you. That's what, in terms of relationships. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess even in any use of like I guess it referring to power and predictability. I mean, exactly. if you know that I'm going to call you at 11 p.m. every day and I don't, you've now got one up over me. 
yeah. you can say that why didn't you call me because now i've got this expectation of you and it becomes exactly. the drama yeah exactly so i guess even oh. in the business world you need to be fluid as you are in a relationship exactly so say for instance if consistency is predictability if you my rival company know what i'm gonna do mm. you could get the advantage and you can be ahead of me yeah. because therefore you have the power mm. you knew what you know what my next step's gonna be yeah. do you see what i'm saying so therefore you have the power over me as soon as people understand that they don't have power over anyone else people mm. willing to choose to do these things and that's a conversation you need to have, have with people it's a very hard conversation you need to have with people people don't like it people don't like it purely because there's, there's a lot of home truths in it that yeah. don't sit right with people's ideals yeah and i think a lot of times where people are so rooted to their ideals and they're so rooted to their principles that they don't see any evolution to them when they're essentially coming into a partnership with someone else so it's kind of even in the in, in a business sense where you've got your ideals as a person and you've got your business partner's ideals as a person yeah. you may have very two v- different views on a lot of concepts like consistency yeah i think one thing that i learned was the different ways to communicate with each other yeah. i'm not a person who reaches out to people yeah i don't call people yeah if you need me holler me yeah where you're content in your own I'm, space i'm content yeah. in my own space yeah. i don't necessarily require you pretty to, much the same yeah. pretty much the same do you know what I mean? like yeah. you don't need to, i don't need if you want to reach out to me i'm available yeah but at the same time i'm not going to reach out to you if i don't need to yeah if, it's a very what do you want what do you need let's get this conversation over with and move on yeah i learned i learned that as well because uh one thing i've learned is because i'm so content in being by myself i enjoy yo i'm i'm my funniest comedian yeah. no one can make me laugh more than me yeah i'm content <laughs> I'm, yeah. you know what i mean i'm content with myself like yeah. that but i also need to understand that the other person might not be content with themselves yeah you know like when you're kids there's a thing called um the parallel play yeah yeah where two kids could be in a room playing mm. yeah separate so one could be on like i don't know the, the puzzles and the mm. other one could be like throwing a ball and stuff like that and just because they're in the same space they feel a connection mm. parallel play do you see what i'm saying they don't need to interact with each other as such but as soon as you take one kid out the room the other kid now is like yo what's happening where mm. you i need you around me it's kind of like you know like, i think the one thing that particularly from a relationship aspect is knowing you can be on the phone to someone yeah and there isn't that that there isn't that awkward silence you yeah. could leave the phone there go about your business exactly. they could be on the phone go about their business as adults we as lose adults. as adults we lose that we yeah. lose the parallel play yeah. so we if you don't interact with us mm. you don't care i'm here yeah there's a there's, a there's a anxiety that breeds from that exactly because we're so insecure exactly and, and then insecurities and then manifest into whatever and so exactly exactly so with that you have to understand that like you being content with yourself me being content with myself mm-hmm. the other person might not be content with themselves they, yeah. their whole lifestyle might not yeah. be set up that way but their whole lifestyle could be that they've never had parallel play yeah. their whole lifestyle could be that they're used to interacting with people so when they come into you as a person that's totally different to what they're used to mm-hmm. it scares them it gives them instability do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and that's another thing with again talking about business and trying to mm-hmm. be entrepreneur and making a business is that you have the essence of your whole life is unstable you don't mm-hmm. know when your next paycheck's coming in you don't know when your next client's coming in you don't know when your next resource is coming mm-hmm. in yeah so how could you build a foundation and life based on that mm-hmm. without having i don't know the contingencies fund to say that I can have rainy day money because mm-hmm. obviously you're trying to build to the point where you can have rainy day money mm-hmm. to say that you know what if I don't get a contract or if I don't get a, a project within the next year could I still survive could we still have this house could we still have this car mm-hmm. could we still have build our family how's our kids going to eat mm-hmm. and then as a as an entrepreneur entrepreneur and you're with someone that's not used to that they don't take the same risks as you mm-hmm. do you know what I mean they're used to knowing that every month they get this set paycheck do you see what I'm saying so they can plan their life around that paycheck yeah how could you communicate with them and and so 
for one, to not stress you, but to reassure them that they are still stable, even though it's not the stability that they are used to. Mm. So these things all come into play as well. These things that you just have to learn. Do you think it's difficult as a man to be entrepreneurial and to be a business person Mm. and be in a relationship in this modern day? I mean, Uh, with all the pressures in terms of expectations of financial, you know, being the breadwinner and so forth, do you think it's much more difficult to be an entrepreneur? Um... And also juggle the whole aspect of a relationship. And also, how would you feel about being with someone who is in a similar space as a woman? Well, as in they, they also are uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, would you prefer it? Have, being with someone that has an entrepreneurial spirit, they they can relate to mm. you. Therefore, they can understand what you're trying to. They might have that risk element inside mm. themselves as well. So they're willing to make risks with you for their own life to progress in their own life while you progress in your life. And mm. then again, your lives come together. That's parallel play. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? You both can do off separate things, and you can Go come back together. Do what you need to do. You can come back, and you can meet at point A. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? You can both start D. One goes C. The other goes B. But you're coming back to A. Yeah. That's parallel play yeah. do you see what I'm saying like um, so being with someone that also has that same mindset obviously it depends how they also see family values how they also see you know what I mean how long could you go parallel play do you know what I mean like that, these things will come in it's true because you can only be so individual to a certain point to a certain extent because exactly. ultimately you're in a relationship to create a union and exactly. that union has to have some sort of overlap yeah and then it gets to a point where you realise that alright cool we've done all this individualistic stuff now I need to get into a space with you yeah. where we can work in a unified way yeah and I think that's a difficult space to get in particularly as young people mm. I mean even when I mean young I'm not just talking 18, 19 year olds even in your mid 20s and your late 20s you're yeah. still relatively young and young, when you yeah. are finding those relationships it's hard to come into that space where you've been so individualistic to come into a collective space now yeah you know it's but it again it's true i mean the ideal the ideal thing is that you know your partner you know this is the kind of like the ideal euphoria the best case scenario yeah is that your partner understands what you're doing how you're doing it when you're, basically, doing, it. When you're doing it yeah. and work around how you're doing it yeah but it's not causing too hassle too much hassle to their life yeah so then you two can meet at the point yeah. and do what you're doing. That's the ideal. Reality is life doesn't work like that. It's true. Do you see what I'm saying? So There's always regardless, going to be conflict. Exactly. So regardless if you're 18, 30, uh, you have to have the conscious choice. Like I said, as I said, I had to create those boundaries. I had to mm. 9 to 5, 30, this is my working hours. You know what I mean? Or you know what? Even if at times, like, I, don't, I might not even want to work during that. Like some days I don't want to work. So yeah. I might just bang out emails the night before. Mm. So I'm working past my time, but knowing that I won't respond to the client until 9 thing, yeah, today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe yeah. not the next day, the day after. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that. So I need to create that boundary. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have to do. You always have to create boundaries. And then anything that's worth having is worth working for. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, so you could, I'm telling you now, if you're starting a business and you're going to go ups and downs, you're going to get into beef with your partner if they have their fears, if they have their, uh, if they're not really that in 
risk takers and all that type of stuff yeah. like everyone has again their own insecurities about how things are it could be something stupid as oh you're going over there to work what happens if you meet a girl that does the exact same thing <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah like something's like you might yeah, not think yeah, about yeah, it yeah. but they think about it and then yeah. you can have be like oh shut up that doesn't make sense that's mm. never gonna happen but it's not that you have to reassure them you have to say to them you know what yeah. i'm with you i'm with you for who you are i know that type i of think stuff. there's something that even i've had to explore mm. when being with a partner was that irrationality to insecurities yeah where, where you may not come from the same space and where you may come from different spaces Mm. You may feel that because they meet may meet someone in the same space as them that there's going to be a common attraction. Yeah. But the reality is they may be within you that you being from a separate space is because it draws is an escapism. Yeah. And that ultimately is what you should draw comfort from. Mm. So I mean, there's always going to be that irrationality and insecurities where of even course, I've everyone. been caught up where yeah. been being with a girl thinking that she may be drawn more to the creative type. Yeah. Because I'm not the so-called creative conventional person. creative person. Yeah. But the reality is that she was drawn to me for my advantages my yeah, strengths you know yeah, 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 being yeah. the unconventional person understanding that yeah. Do you know what i mean and me it was me having to take time and kind of rooting myself to understand those insecurities to the point where i realized all right cool she's actually with me because of these advantages yeah and it works both ways not just women women are not the only insecure ones mandem can be very insecure mandem are know? very insecure Do you know what i mean i mean i'm insecure manifest in different ways you know <laughs> it's different but, yeah, yeah i understand there's yin and Yang, mm. you get me? There's two two opposites of the same circle. Yeah. You know, breakdown. You have to understand that um, two creatives being together could be so con like destructive. Yeah. Two creative people, like creative people, are not rational people. Mm. They're very emotional people. In, in in a certain sense. I call, yeah. I call creatives Tesco bags in the wind. Like they're literally just blowing Tesco <laughs> Tesco bags in the wind, and then you need you need that partner that's a stick. That the Tesco bag could latch onto. What's that? What's that movie called? Is it American Beauty? When that bag was just flying in yeah, the air? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Like that. See, this one thing. It's like you need the like, best of both worlds, and you need yeah. the opposite of worlds. Oh, sometimes worlds, exactly, to exactly. provide that neutrality. Yeah. To a situation. I mean, and then again, you. This goes back to being open, and you have to learn from your partner as well. Yeah. You have to learn how That's they true. do things and stuff like that. So, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So now let's kind of look at the future. And now let's look at what's next for you. So what do you envisage for yourself going forward now? I mean, be in a space that you've been going through, everything that you've gone through, what does the next 6 to 12 to 18 months say for Dante? Uh, um, for me, I'm, I'm venturing in a different field. I mean, I've, I've had some insight into it, so mm. I'm, I'm not gassed by the environment, mm. but I'm venturing in, I've got projects that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, all I do is projects. Mm. I, what I, kind I, of projects if you don't it's, it's just It's just products. It's just okay. product. I'm pushing out product. And, but it's product I enjoy doing. It's creative. Product, it? no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, no when I say product, no yeah. <laughs> We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, not this up. podcast. Maybe yeah. Another podcast you yeah, can go about fish tea. We're not just, this one. Everything's product. And everything yeah. in the world is product. Do you know what I mean? And so when you create a project, that's a product. Do you know what I mean? It could be um, we saw Donny, the screenwriter, yeah. and he put his work out. That was product. Yeah. That's him pushing his product. Content. As content well. as well. Yeah. yeah. Content is product. Mm. This is what I'm saying so i'm just that's at the moment i'm 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 trying to i'm getting into this market because i can see um how this market is i researched the market i mm-hmm. can see how this market is and i know my exit point and and from that exit point 
whatever happens from there, I haven't planned that far above. Mm-hmm. So after the 18 months, I've got another, uh, another two years on top of that in which I want to do, I want to meet the key people in which yeah, I yeah. meet and stuff. And then I either say, A, bounce, because it might not be beneficial mm-hmm. to my lifestyle, or I say, okay, cool, boom, what can I do from here? Mm-hmm. How, could I mar- how can I amalgamate this with everything else in which I'm So doing? I guess your first 18 months is where you envision your breakthrough point. And then the two years after that, so ultimately the three-year mark is where you see the stability and the kind of traction from it. Yeah, where it makes where it makes sense financially, where yeah. it makes sense financially, because obviously at the beginning, like any business, you have to pump money into it. It's a cash loss. Doesn't make sense unless you execute it. It's and a dream to be break even, as they say. It's yeah. a dream to be break even in yeah. business right at the very beginning. If you can exactly. be break even, that's a blessing in itself. You ain't exactly. even got to worry about profit at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. That's yeah. true. Well, I'm interested in see what's coming about. I'm in in very very intrigued by these projects that you've been very elusive about because. Well, you you know what it is, yeah. As soon as you, um, I've got this thing in it. As soon as you put something down and you tell people about it, there's an expectation. You, it's not the expectation. There's a self gratification from it. Mm. So you can say, oh, you know what? I'm going to design a pair of shoes, and yeah. you tell everybody you're designing mm-hmm. these pair of shoes, and then because everyone's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, do it, do it, do it, you've already you're gassed on the gratification that you got from it yeah. that you don't execute that. Okay. So what I do is I keep my stuff to my, like, yeah. to a minimal. Mm. Those who know need to know, those mm. who don't, don't. And then when it gets put out, it gets put out. At least execute your product. And yeah. that's something that I had to learn along the way okay. as well. So, so it's not getting gassed by it's it, not the getting, expectation exactly. and, and the gratification is kind of that. Exactly. But it was really good to understand you, <laughs> understand your journey, understand your forte. But thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. I mean, there's been so much we've covered from Brother, it's good. business to relationships to business partnerships. I didn't want to get value. too deep into relationships. Listen, this though. podcast could have been another. This could have this could have been this could have been a two year podcast. But you know, time is of the essence. You yeah. know, we we appreciate each other's time. But we'll catch up in maybe six to twelve to eighteen months. See where yeah. you're at, and we'll take it from there. But that's another finding your forte podcast. And as always, find your forte, live your forte, and love your forte. Find your forte. Live your forte.